Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast where we have honest, uncut conversations about faith, life, and ministry. So uh, we're recording this on a beautiful afternoon and we were just sitting down and we were just talking about um, a question that a friend of mine asked the other day and I thought would be uh, interesting maybe fruitful conversation for us t- to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell what kind of friends I hang out with by the fact that he asked this question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious as to the context in which he asked it. If like you guys were, if he was offering a, um, was he offering a suggestion for the podcast or was this just like your, your regular, no, this is just our regular conversation. I think yikes. we were, I think we were talking about like, um, He's he's very interested in like uh, the intersection of theology and social issues and you know and he's you know we're both kind of wrestling with like what do we what do we do when we're confronted with like these difficult situations um, where being faithful to God isn't as clear as quoting a Bible verse and things like that mm-hmm. um, and so he kind of posed this question that I thought we would sit with and answer. Um, is what is perhaps, in your opinion, right, the most neglected or not talked about or not understood theological concept or area that the church is lacking from in like current times? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a it's kind of a dense question, mm-hmm. you know, but it's kind of saying like what is what is maybe a theological concept that we've misunderstood or we've not talked about that is is wreaking havoc in maybe our lives in our churches because we don't have a robust or significant understanding of it boy um like a big question it is i mean i would say off the cuff there are a few things that i consistently encounter Mm -hmm. um you know i don't some of them are very broad some some of them i think are really broad others of them i think are really really specific Mm -hmm. a really specific one that i encounter a lot is a misunderstanding around the responsibility or call to forgive. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, I wouldn't even say pretty much, I would say the objective witness of the New Testament, especially with Jesus. Mm-hmm that forgiveness is a non-negotiable part of our like posture towards the world yeah and posture towards mm-hmm. people yeah. and that our forgiveness of others is directly linked to God's forgiveness of us yep. in two ways mm-hmm. one is that we have capacity to forgive Mm -hmm. because we have been forgiven. Mm 
mm-hmm. not because we want to forgive. We have capacity to forgive because we've been forgiven. The other way is that our reception of forgiveness from God mm-hmm. will be in equal measure uh, to our forgiveness of others. Mm-hmm. You know, for if you do not forgive your brother for their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. Yeah. Oh, that's the words of Jesus, folks. Mm-hmm. Like it. You know that that was not a parable. That was not like a mysterious saying. That right. was not a get your decoder ring out and figure out what Jesus really meant there. Yep. Can't really get more clear. Well, as you're talking about it, and, I was, and I've thought this before, but it's, it's hitting even more clear in my mind right now is just that it's embedded in the Lord's Prayer. 100%. Forgive us our trespasses as, as we, we forgive, forgive those who have trespassed against us. The assumption is that like... Like, I don't know, there's probably some study on that as we forgive. Like, is that in proportion to or in the same way in the that same you, way in which I do, yeah. right? But the idea, the concept is embedded in there. If I'm saying to the Lord in the prayer that he taught us to say to him, forgive me in the same way in which I forgive other people, mm-hmm. how forgiven am I going to be at the end of that? Right. Um Right. So for clarity's sake, just like you're you you are encountering people or this idea of like I just don't want to forgive. I don't have to. Yeah, I, I feel like there is mm-hmm. a lot of times a unapologetic, active mm-hmm. withholding of forgiveness. Hmm. Because it's too big. The thing that they've done is too big. It's too serious. Or I don't feel like forgiving yet. I don't have forgiving feelings towards yep. them, mm-hmm. or um, they haven't apologized yet, so I'm or not apologized well enough, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to forgive them yet, yeah. Um, or just uh, I don't want to, I don't have to, mm-hmm. I refuse. You know, like a spiritual yep. three-year-old having a temper tantrum <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> If that's and, and that, I mean I like I said that kind of tongue in cheek, but you know now right. that you you know you extrapolate that out a little bit, like forgiveness is forgiveness is is I, I guess I guess I don't know if I would call it the milk of spiritual life or a milk product of spiritual life, or if it's more like the meat and potatoes. All right, farmer. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know it's like it. So yeah, I, I would say that there it's wrapped up in a lot of those things, yeah. like just a willful hardness mm-hmm. towards forgiving, like well, just not going to do it. I'm like thinking there are just so many passages, like there's the parable that Jesus teaches of like the who who like went of the forgiving servants, unmerciful servant, unmerciful servant, Matthew 18, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like all of that, like mm-hmm. um, his. Um, the, the woman um, who who washes feet and all of that, and like he's in, he's like you know who who loved the master more, you know the one who was forgiven more, right? Yes. She loves much because she's been forgiven much, like. And then we can go to First John, right? Mm-hmm. And all of in First John's like all of this understanding of of being in the light, receiving God's forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then love and forgiveness flowing out of it. Yep. It's it, the the I, I I think that like your someone's incapacity to forgive, not that it's easy, 
but that like it forgiveness becomes more reasonable and more doable when we have wrestled with our own sin. Yeah. It, it, and I I think the biblical witness supports this is that it is virtually impossible to come to a true place of forgiveness without first having reckoned the immensity of our own sin Mm -hmm. and the, immensity of uh god's forgiveness of it yeah do you so i wonder if this is the other side of the pendulum here like i seem to remember like in years past that there is a significant amount of like preaching teaching and clarification over like uh, for what forgiveness is not like forgiveness is not like, um, you know, so like letting someone step all over you, letting someone step all over you, uh, forgiveness is not going back to the way things were or forgiveness is not like, you know, like, and we can think of like tons of examples of that where, you know, people have been kind of told to forgive just perpetually, but then there's never any consequences and people who, um, you know, uh, churches get called out for this all the time when like a pastor fails or does something and then they don't, uh, they don't seemingly, uh, according to everyone else's opinion, judge them harsh enough or punish them harsh enough. Um, and there's this, there's this arguing over all of that. Now that was the, I feel like that was the other side of that. Do you feel like that's led to this other extreme where now people are more, uh, we've we've lost one type of bad type of forgiveness and we've gotten another or do you feel like those are too connected or well i think they're connected it feels a little bit like those messages that are kind of trying to make an argument for what forgiveness is not mm-hmm. really are like walking a tightrope of escaping the hard responsibility of forgiveness mm. because even things like Oh, you know, well, forgiveness doesn't mean that I just have to like lay down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can think I can make a pretty good case from the New Testament that actually like laying down our life, even to the point of like, um, you know, in the midst of false accusation, in the midst of our like laying down our our own like goals, dreams, visions, hopes, mm-hmm. plans for the future in humble service to others. Mm-hmm. I think is a I can make a pretty strong biblical case there. So to say that you know, oh, forgiveness, you know, forgiveness is all these things, but it's definitely not it's definitely not like allowing allowing someone to trample all over you or mm-hmm. anything like that. I think there's other reasons based out of wisdom but I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a place. I don't think it comes from like the biblical argument. It comes from a place of like, well, we can forgive, but there's all like we can make these exceptions for like the mm-hmm. merit of our forgiveness. Certainly, like I wouldn't like I wouldn't recommend that. You know, you take somewhat of an extreme case. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not extreme for some people. For some people, it's their their reality. But like you take a case that is very intense, like um, an abusive marriage, mm-hmm. and you say, okay, you say to the spouse who's being who has been abused, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is important that you forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not mean that to say that your forgiveness necessitates the continuation of the relationship. Right. Okay. Um, but I would still say you still need to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 yeah. you need to forgive because that it is an unburdening of your soul mm. for, for what's been done to you. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to unburden your soul. Yeah. Um, um, but I think that that, but saying that, you know, like, okay, the relationship doesn't need to continue mm-hmm. or shouldn't continue is something that's based in, like, wisdom. Right. And based in, um, you know, you make certainly make arguments uh, for it, like, based in the, um, like, protecting the, protecting the weak, mm-hmm. protecting the victim, mm-hmm. um, and advocating for them. But... Um, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot of that language around, you know, what forgiveness is not, I feel like there's just a lot of spiritual inference mm-hmm. going on. We're inferring yeah, that this is what it doesn't mean. Right. But it's not explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to rely a little bit on wisdom, yep. but it doesn't, it's not always necessarily like super explicit because i don't no. know where i would make the argument of like a well you know biblically speaking forgiveness doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries mm-hmm. say that again like you know how sometimes we say like okay we can forgive them mm-hmm. but then if like maybe it's not necessarily an abusive relationship sure. but like maybe a an acquaintance or a person who continually mm-hmm. sins against you yep right and you need to forgive them Right, and you forgive them, but then you set up a boundary mm-hmm. so that they can no longer hurt you, mm-hmm. or they can no longer sin against you. And that way, maybe you break off from relationship. You're not really acquaintances or friends anymore. You don't spend time together, whatever. I think that that is a something that someone can do out of wisdom. Yep. But I don't know that it's something that I would be like, well, here's chapter and verse for yep. why the boundary can be set and you can feel okay with it. No, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with what you're saying there. Like there is definitely a um I think that does mostly come out of wisdom. You could maybe make an argument out of, I don't know, kind of reflecting on what love is, what friendship is, right? Like yeah. if 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 it's a friend who is continually sinning against you, is that a friend? Right. Right? You know, mm-hmm. and the easy answer to that is probably not, no, um, you know, and so therefore stop treating it like it's a friendship, you know, yeah. the, the whole lot of wisdom there, but I agree, not, not a place where I, I feel like there's a easy chapter and verse where, yeah. um, I, so I think that's this, you know, it's this balancing of just because you are setting up a boundary or you're being wise, um, 
doesn't mean that you then also just get to neglect the forgiveness thing. It's like in, in maybe perhaps trying to recover, um, you know, and give people the permission to make wise decisions, uh, somehow the message of Christ's forgiveness to, to others has been lost. I think like two thoughts. There's one is that, that it's a hard, that's a really hard thing to teach because it has to be something that somebody chooses. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. Like, cause people like, you know, they're like, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, well, I can't make you. And if I just sit here and I just like keep like, if I make it some sort of like, uh, like some sort of moral imperative, mm-hmm. I could maybe get somebody to like do it in word and deed, mm-hmm. but not in heart. Mm-hmm. It has to come from a place of choosing the way of Christ. Like, mm-hmm. like it has to be a, like, cause you were talking about like feelings, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like, I don't feel like forgiving. Right. Well, okay. And, and, you know, and maybe just clear obedience is, is good. You know, just saying like, well, Christ has taught me this, so I should do it. The Bible tells me so. That's not a bad place to start. Mm-mm. But where Christ always roots forgiveness is in the forgiveness that we've received. Right. In the dying to self, pick up your cross and follow me. And it has to come from a, um, from a place of the gospel. Like... I, yeah. Does that does that kind of make sense? Yeah, kind of sense? It, it has to come, you know, if we if we say that our like if our forgiveness of others is rooted in rooted um <laughs> is rooted in God's forgiveness of us mm-hmm. or in the same way or in the same manner. Right. Like the question then becomes, well, what are the circumstances under which God forgave? Us, I mean, I guess you could we could you could play that game. Like, why sure. did God forgive? Did yeah. God forgive because He felt like it? Did God forgive because the offense was small? No. Did God forgive? So why did God forgive? Because God it was forgave. In his character. Yeah, it, it was part of His. It's it's His identity mm-hmm. to forgive. Right. Um, and the identity, of course, is rooted firmly in love. Right. Right. So that. If we have a, that that our forgiveness for others comes out of an identity mm-hmm. of love, yeah, um, not out of the emotion of willingness. Yeah, I think there's a um, this the second piece is that the way we talk about the cross, we often talk about it in terms of our sin, things that we have done, being nailed to the cross. Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know where you're going. With this. <laughs> and, um, you know, but the, the other piece too is that the things done to, to me us, yeah. have also been nailed there. Right. Yeah. And, and therefore. No, uh, no, uh, Jesus died. What for you, the, what for you did to me is not on the cross. Like, oh. well, that seems to be the opposite of what the Bible teaches, yes, you know? Correct. And so, correct. Let, you know, as much as, you know, there's a, I don't know, that really changes it 
Yeah. If if I take the offense that was done to me, and I and I turn to the cross and I say, Jesus, you've got a hold of that right now. Yep. You died for that. Yeah. It's massively for me, at least, makes a huge heart shift in how I can now again begin to approach the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, just kind of a little bit off the cuff, you know, I come back to that. You know, what is the main, what is the main issue or main theological issue? Mm-hmm. The church's misunderstanding or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, like I, I don't want to overstate this, but yeah. I, I think that forgiveness is probably the main granular issue that causes um, uh, relational strife throughout generations. Hmm. You know, like compounded relational trauma. Yeah. Um, compounded, um, like difficulty in in relationships. Yep. Um, you know, inability to get along with people, inability to be to to maintain intimate relationships or friendships or mm-hmm. anything like that. Interpersonal conflict. I, th- I do think that it roots back to we're holding on to sin. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're holding on to it. We have not surrendered it yeah. to the Lord. Um, I, in my mind mm-hmm. that for me, when, when there's that, un, when there's unforgiveness, particularly generational long-term unforgiveness, it creates, I think of Jonah, mm. think of the prophet Jonah. And I think of it creating a whole bunch of little mini Ninevehs, mm-hmm. places you don't want to go, yeah, you don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And those can be people, those can be topics, those mm-hmm. can be things where I'm not going to talk about that with that person, yeah. right? Because while there's something you didn't for, don't want to forgive there, yeah. or there's a hurt, or there's a relationship. Right. Well, how many people have you talked to or counseled who you have heard? horrific stories or instances of things that have been done to them Mm -hmm. in their lives that are now manifesting themselves significantly in their relationships that they're having now that are not connected at all to what happened to them. Right. Um, But that are, um, but that those, those things that were done to them were never passed through the filter of forgiveness. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying no. that people's really traumatic or difficult experiences, all you needed to do is forgive the person you wouldn't right. have them. Right. Like, I'm not saying that. Right. But I am saying, I'm not saying it's every, I don't know. I might be saying it's everything. <laughs> I, I, I might be like, saying it's everything because the full surrender of that hurt to the Lord yeah. is, I trust him mm-hmm. to carry that hurt yeah. more than I trust myself. There's like, there, there, there is a limit to this, to this particular truth. I think this is something that, um, I've found to be very true, but I know is not necessarily always true. But I, what I find is that like often, well, 
easiest way to say this is hurt people hurt people. Yep. Right. You want to, you meet somebody who is abrasive, who is just an absolute like wreck to the relationships around them. <laughs> it's, well, <laughs> I'm laughing uh, <laughs> they were, for my own personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that's, yep. you know, we so often, you know, when we come home or we're like short with somebody, you know, and just like, and then like late, we're just like, if you just knew the day I'd had, mm-hmm. if you just knew the day I just had, you would, you would be okay with me acting this way. Yeah. Right. And it, the way we behave Seems very reasonable to us. Uh When somebody else behaves a certain way, the assumption is like they're acting very unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Chances are, not all the time, but chances are, is that the way in which they are behaving is actually fairly reasonable to them. Right. If you knew the whole story. Doesn't mean what they're doing okay, Mm -hmm. but there is a, if we're able to lay down a fence love Christ and come near, love like Christ and come near and look over the hedgerow and see into somebody else's life, we will usually find that there are some fairly not justifiable, but sympathetic, understandable, understandable reasons as to why and why they are the way they are and where they're at. Right. And my existential question is does forgive would forgiveness address that early i think it does i think it does yeah so we we for you know you you have illustrated this by picking somebody up on your back Mm -hmm. right i always talk about like holding a rock yep right holding on to unforgiveness is like you know if if you're listening to this this is a really excellent spiritual exercise you can do for a day um if you've got like a major thing that you feel like you've been unforgiven, go outside, go to like a lake, it's Lake Chautauqua, go somewhere where there's some rocks, pick up a rock that's about the size of your fist and then carry that around in your left or right hand for one day. Mm-hmm. Feel how heavy that thing is and see how hard it is just to get into your car. Yeah, you're not allowed to put it down. You're not allowed to put it down. At all. If you're not willing to put down the offense, the hurt, to let go, mm-hmm. to forgive, to lay it at the foot of the cross, then you are holding that unforgiveness in your hand. Yeah, but it's too big. Like, Pastor Luke, the rock that I'm carrying is too big. It's too big for you to hold. <laughs> the answer is like, well, if it's too big, then put it down. Right. Like, the bigger the rock, the more eager we should be. Yeah. To lay it down, right? We don't. Well, you want to carry that thing still? Yeah. Doesn't no. mean it's easy. Yeah, I don't think either of us are saying that forgiveness is like a trite thing, nope. an easy thing, a flippant thing. Nope. But it nope. is like we want to talk about something that's like crucial mm-hmm. to our um spiritual health, mm-hmm. our relationship with God. Yeah, it's. It's well, pretty big. Well, I have another one, but I, you know, like, yeah, what's the other one? Maybe we'll do a part. Maybe we should do a part two of this uh, podcast and talk talk about them because, but but it's more general. So I don't know if you had one that uh, you, that you I, wanted I don't, to bring I don't up. Think or, we we're on a bit of a time crunch, so I don't think I will do justice to the one that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. But if you got one that's a little bit more general, well, I think a little bit more general. You know, like 
theological problem um, that's kind of invaded the church is, I guess I would put it two ways. It has to do with the scripture mm-hmm. and the way that scripture is used in spiritual formation mm-hmm. and the what I would see is like the the use of scripture either as like a moral handbook going mm-hmm. in one direction yeah um or and or the I would say the gradual progressive nature of explaining away obvious context in order to soft soften um, uh, the social stance of the scripture. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about here on the podcast. If you've been listening fairly, you know, fairly regularly, you've probably heard us talk about the handbook approach to yep. the Bible. Like we've very thoroughly dismantled the fact that the Bible is not a instruction manual, a textbook, a how to, a self help book. Mm-hmm. It's God's revelation of Himself yep. to mankind. Yep. What do you mean by that second piece? I know. I think I know what you mean, but yeah. I want to hear you talk. I mean, about that. like, so the our our world, our culture, mm-hmm. becoming continually, progressively more socially acceptable of the things that scripture has obviously concluded is sinful or destructive. Mm -hmm. And so in order to soften the blow of scripture's proclamation, we explain away the truth of scripture Mm -hmm. by diluting the context in which it's written. Yeah. You know, uh, so we dilute, you know, um, uh, we dilute sexual standards. We yeah, dilute probably like the big one. Probably the big one. Yeah, even things like you go back. I think you can you can really apply that lens pretty much over every. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the forgiveness concept. Like like we have a we have an upsurgence of yeah. self help. Mm-hmm. Um, do the work. Um, do the emotional mental trauma work. Yeah. Right. Create all these boundaries it's okay not to forgive because mm-hmm. things are really a lot of trauma has been done to you yeah right it's almost like a, a cult of trauma <laughs> a little bit that's a that's a yeah um, <laughs> not everything needs to be called trauma right and and have have not reckoned with well you know the the, the Lord has made provision for the health of our interpersonal relationships by mm-hmm. pursuing forgiveness with others the same way that we have pursued forgiveness with God. Yeah. Um, and so I would say a, a, a gradual exodus away mm-hmm. from um, uh, a responsible reading and application of Scripture mm-hmm. and a gradual like pathway into its like more socially acceptable. Yeah. Well, I mean, we norms, were, so this is actually that, that, that particular topic is kind of where uh, me and my friend who, when we first kind of thought about this question, we're kind of talking about, we were, he was talking about, and we were talking about um, divorce mm. and like 
you know, Jesus, the Bible takes a pretty, pretty strong stance on divorce. Yep. And it is, that's, that's one that like gets explained away a lot of times Yep. by context and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. I, yeah, that's a really hard one. It's a very, very hard one. And that's why we were having this conversation. We're just like, and we come to a place of trying to figure out like, what is the best thing in the, in, in the situation of like, of not a whole lot of good things. Yep. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Really tough. It is. Have you ever been asked by someone if they think, if you think that they should divorce their spouse? Yeah. Yeah. So have I. I kind of refuse to answer, to be honest. Yeah. I, again, I cannot, I can't. It's kind of an unfair question. It's a bit of an unfair question because I'm not them. It's their decision. I don't want to be at any point held accountable. Yeah. But there's like a couple things that I I tell people when I when I'm having these kind of conversations. One, depending on the situation, is sometimes I tell people that like people who get stuck and are kind of wrestling with this, some people get really stuck and they're just like, oh, it's like they really want to separate or they want to get divorced. And I will tell them that like separation or divorce is not always the breaking of the covenant if the covenant has already been broken. Mm. Sometimes it's a consequence for the covenant being broken, having been broken in a significant way prior. Yeah. For me, you know, like you could disagree with me on that and I would, I would accept that. Like that's a kind of a, I don't know. I kind of, you know, I hold that as a, this is what I think. Yeah. Right. I don't have like a Bible verse to hold that. Sure. That seems to be a drawn out application of what Christ says, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to draw it out so much that it becomes license. Right. Right. So where does that line go? Right. But I will, I, 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 I have told people that before Mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't want someone to feel like, they're like, well, I'm the one who's going to ruin it because I'm the one who's like saying this has to stop and I'm going to, divorce I'm like yeah. well you might not be right and, mm-hmm. and so i want to provide that um but then also like and then my theology being that like even in some of the most worst circumstances not like there's there are circumstances probably where i would say run um i don't know that i've encountered any of those yet um but where some where there's wrestling, I because I know the heart of the Bible and what it seems to teach on it, it's like preserve that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but I can't again, like forgiveness, I cannot make you choose that. Mm-hmm. It has to be a choice to pursue Christ and Christ likeness, picking up the cross. That's a choice that you i cannot f- hoist upon you or force you to pick up that cross uh because if i do you'll just resent me and yeah. maybe resent god for it because you felt like god made you do it mm-hmm. but if you heed the call of christ in the gospel and you choose to do it i believe that there's something incredibly beautiful 
and glorious about that. Yeah. But I cannot force somebody to choose that path. Right. So I try and present it, but I, I don't ever force anyone down it. If that makes sense, like what what do you uh yeah, I mean it really I think it is an unfair question for people to ask, do you think I should get divorced? Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's not my marriage. It's not my, you know, I would be interested to know, and I'm not, a, I'm not a covenant theologian, but I would be interested to know how God dealt with, to think about the question of how God dealt with the nation of Israel when they when they would break covenant. Break covenant. Uh, I, I mean, think there's like some. I mean, ultimately, he created, he provided the sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Well, himself. there's like some of the covenants. You're, what do you mean you're not a covenant theologian? Well, I mean, I, like, <laughs> you're not dispensational. Well, no, no, I'm not. But you know what I mean? Is like, I'm not an expert in covenant theology, is what I should say. You well, know? from what I remember of covenant theology, is that there were some that were made unconditional covenant promises. Promise to Abraham, where right. where Abraham's put to sleep, and God walks through the pots and the animal sacrifices alone. Yep. Um, but like the Davidic, no, the Davidic covenant, but the Mosaic covenant, the when God gives them the law, He also gives them, I think, curses and consequences if they don't. That was a conditional covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's like, what is the covenant? Marriage is also a unique one in that I've I've never really heard anyone explain it, and I don't have a good answer to the question. But marriage seems to be one of the covenants and graces that is available outside of the church, instituted inside of creation. And so there's absolutely like Christian theology to marriage. But I don't want to say that just because you're not a Christian— doesn't mean that you are not partaking in this common in the grace covenant. of marriage, in yeah. the covenant of marriage. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not willing to go and say like, well, you're not a Christian and you, so that's not a marriage, yeah. right? I'm not willing to say that. Nope. So me neither. the covenant of marriage sits in this really strange place where we seem to share it with the world. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it doesn't sit in that, that, asks some pretty significant questions of like, mm-hmm. how do we navigate that mm-hmm. outside of like, you know, the church and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, I think the whole, the whole topic, you know, probably demands that we do a part two. Yeah, I think so. I've like, I've got my own things to the initial question, but like, you know, sitting with and thinking about like marriage and maybe divorce, if we mm-hmm. want to continue down that rabbit hole. Um, but if you're listening, and this is bringing up, you know, we talked about, gosh, I don't think we intended this convert this yeah, episode to be and a trauma and divorce. Yeah, I don't think we intended it to be a particularly heavy episode, but it kind of ended up being that way. So if you've got questions, go ahead and leave them for us in the comments and yeah. send us in the text line. We'd be interested to um, hear those as they kind of direct this conversation. I definitely want to pick this up. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, send, send us some texts, like Pastor Luke said. Mm-hmm. Put them in the comments, and we'll try and deal with them. But maybe pick this, pick this topic up uh, next time we sit down and talk with one another. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>